Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. Happy Lunar New Year, welcoming the Year of the Ox, symbolizing hard work and serenity, a year of reaping what you sow and favorable for balancing and nurturing relationships. Those of you born in the year of the ox are known to be cool, calm, and collected. Love those traits. So here's to you. Okay, my first caller today from the Atlanta area is CV. CV, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your call today. I really appreciate you making time. Uh, What uh, tough conversation or situation is on your mind? Um, tough conversations, um, when it comes to you being, you being able to communicate directives to your subordinates and they do not want to listen for whatever reason. They feel like, um, they feel like an equal and that they, that you, you, you do not deserve the, the qualities to tell them what to do. Oh, this is a good one. Would you give us a little context on the work environment in terms of how long you've had your team and just a little bit of background that would help? Okay, so um, this is, um, I joined, I've been with the team for a little over two years, but then most of them have been with the company for 10 plus years. Um, I am there as the director and um, of course, um, the peop- some of the people whom I find um, who would not list- take my directions are, unfortunately, they end up, they, they tend to be white people, white-skinned people, and this makes me wonder if it's because this, if this is a racial issue as opposed to anything else, you know. Um, so this, that, that's how simple it is. It's me being there for two plus years, and these are people who have been with the company for 10 plus years. And they, they, in the past, they had some, the person in my position was, was a Caucasian. And of course, that person relocated and the company hired me. It's been, mm-hmm. It was going great, right up to lately when, the, when my boss accepted a position at a different company. That left me to be the most high-ranking person at this location. And they, they, they used to listen to me when my boss was there, but because my boss left the company and at the location I'm currently the most high-ranking person, for some reason the same people who used to listen to me would no longer listen to me. I got it. I got it. And my heart is out to you because um, I can imagine that's a tough place. So how does that make you feel, CV? Um, you know, um, on a personal note, because I am one who doesn't believe in micromanaging people, my, my leadership style is more like empower people to be able to do it so that when you are not there, they can do it on their own. It's not to um, hoard all responsibility and power so that people are looking for you every now and then. So on a personal note, 
I and also because the license of this facility is my license, meaning that if anything goes wrong, um, I may lose the, 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 the privileges to function under my license for like two years. On a personal note, I, I feel threatened. I, I, I have the fear that, um, that I don't have control over my license. On a general note, I feel like it's okay for them to not listen to me if they would do the things to protect my license. Hmm. So that's I the way I, I see it. Yeah, I appreciate your sharing that. And so there's a lot on the line for you. I understand that. And um, and I also appreciate that you really are trying to empower others and, uh, and, and let them do their best work. And, uh, okay, so let me just ask, how many folks are are, if you will, the ones that you're having trouble with, CV? Two. Two. Okay. At least and those, the, those, those that are openly known to me. Maybe others are pretending, but these ones have, you know, they've kind, they've kind of come out in the open. You know, they would not do whatever to the point where even those who are above me whom have complained, um, they would, um, instead of them trying to, to yeah. address the situation, they, they, they are all are trying to avoid it. And then to the point where one of them, one of the two people, um, when something happens, when, when, it, when it's an issue that she has done something wrong and I'm trying to correct it because it could affect um, the client, um, they would rather prefer me talk to the other of the two people who is senior to address it with her. It's almost okay. like she has this bubble, this shield around her that... Um, like she's untouchable, you know, you cannot address things with her. Unfortunately, she makes most of the most technical mistakes that could potentially affect the quality of work we do. Okay. Okay. So here, let's talk through different approaches. So I obviously am not close enough, but just to give you some ideas. And I think this is, um, this is a really a great example for listeners. So one approach is very uh, one-on-one first. And I think it requires, you know, a level of vulnerability and really open heart. I get that you're the boss and technically you have right, the right to tell people what to do. So that's, we get that hierarchically. Um, so I would take it at a very personal level. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I used to have like work Molly and personal Molly. And it may be a time for a really caring, kind CV to come to the fore. And approach someone, and let's just call this person Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, I um, I want more than anything for all of us as a team to do well, and for you to thrive too. And I and I feel it's a great privilege to have a chance to lead the team. Um, and I really value you. And, and creating a connection where you're really looking that person in the eye. Maybe it's Zoom. Maybe it's in person to just see if they'll if they'll if they'll go there and connect with you. And it's a point of vulnerability, right? Because they might like snarl or what have you, but you know, look at them as the human being you would want someone to look into your eyes the same way and say, okay, I want to raise this because I really want us to do great work together. And you know, I, I like us to be open about an environment where we can all do our best work and the team can really you know, shine because that's going to help all of us be great 
and just really slowly, deliberately, and just see where they are at. And say, I, I will own whatever I can do to create a better environment for you. And my ask is that you do the same for the rest of the team. How's that land for you? It's, it's you know, it's slow, it's deliberate, and just see where they are. No judging, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I just throw that out as one thing. So just, how does that, how does that uh, land for you? It sounds good, but the, my question for you is, would this be a verbal communication, an email, you know, because, I mean, if, if you find people actually avoiding you, like you get into one door, they get out of the other door, you know, so how do you make, how do you approach these people? Yeah, so that I think if someone is physically avoiding you, I think that's tough. That is tough. And I think, you know, I, I don't think doing the whole thing over email is great. And just, I think you'd have to, you know, just say, you know, I, I'm sensing that, and it may just be me, but I'm sensing that, you know, we're avoiding having a conversation. I want to take any ownership in that. So, would you please be willing to have a chat face-to-face? If they say no, so I, I, I understand that, I'm wondering, what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. Oh, okay, great. Not afraid of anything, which is super, right? Would you be so kind as to, you know, honor my ask because, and I'm asking because I think that, you know, we can really create a better environment. And, and, and it's, it's not easy to go into your head about what you think they're thinking. And you may be very right, CV, but until they say it in front of you and you really know, it's, it, it, it's still somewhat of an assuming or judging thing. We want to stay away from that. We want to just be able to bubble it up. So yeah. that may, right, that may not be something that flies, but that's one tack. Another way is to bring a team together. I'll just throw this out as well and say, you know what, I've, and you can blame me. I was talking to someone about this and I feel, you know, a great responsibility. And, you know, you can even mention it was really great when so-and-so was there and they moved on. And I noticed that things changed a little bit. And I'm wondering if there's anything that I have done, you know, take ownership. Is there anything I have done that has created a way where we're not quite as in sync as we were before? I, I would really be grateful for open conversation. For us to be successful, each of us needs to do our job. And I know everyone wants to do the right thing and wants to be part of a winning team, as do I. So there's a group approach too. So just share with me what goes on for you. I think the group approach, or both approaches sound great. Um, is, uh, I will give I'll I'll give the the first approach a try um, before trying to make it a group approach to see what happens. You know, because I think the one reason why it took me unaware was because the senior of these two people basically came on a management meeting and said, "I need to know what to do to override her signature." Mind you, this, this, um, we are talking about qualifications here, somebody who doesn't have a BS degree but to somebody who has a doctorate degree, wanting to override the signature. So it's almost like, you know, I'm like, what, is, what should I 
what should have been so bad? What should what what would be in his mind that would cause him to think that he can do something like this? You know, is it just is it just a position? Is it just a title as opposed to something that I'm doing because I'm qualified to do it? You know, I think this is kind of what took me behind that. I felt like hmm, there may be some mental issues here. I don't. This doesn't sound right to me. You know, but I'm open to doing um, to 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 trying what you said to see how it works, if it works for us, because the goal is to have a healthy work environment. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think you're the, the default um, situation, like you're in something and if you're, something's coming at you, sometimes it can be very easy to want to judge or determine right or wrong. And if you can just take a breath, inhale and exhale, and then be very genuinely curious. Oh, I'm hearing this. Is that, is that what you meant? Am I hearing you correctly? Right? Could be like he's trying, your sense might be he's undermining me, he's whatever. And so just give them a chance because transparency will breed self-correcting behavior. So in a group situation in particularly, just want to check that we're all on the same page. What I'm hearing that was X and I'm, I may not be hearing that correctly. And creating that environment where everyone knows that we're going to hear it all together. Generally, people who may have not great intentions um, are less likely to do that because they realize they're going to be called on the carpet for that. So that that is your transparency. I like to say CV is your friend. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's easy to give it a try. Okay. And what... I think um, that would make it work because um, I, I'm, not, I'm not used to going to a work environment that I don't look forward to going to. I look, I've always look forward to going to my job. So I would do whatever it takes um, to get back that, that feel of an environment. That's fantastic. And that's something that you could share for your team because you want them to come to work and feel like they're excited about going to work too. So I think that that's a great intention. So as we close, since we've talked about it a lot, is there one top takeaway that you have from our chat, CV? Um, that if, if anything, that um, not to assume and not no. to make, take, right. make assumptions off of people's actions, and, you know, go with an open mind and see if um, that would help to resolve issues. Perfect. That's perfect. I am cheering for you. I really appreciate you bringing this up. It's very courageous. You know how to reach me. So if you want to follow up and I can be of help, you let me know. And I really appreciate you, CV, for calling in and being part of the solution. You take good care. Okay, um, before my next caller, I invite, if you're listening and you have a challenging conversation or sensitive situation, give us a ring, 866-472-5790. Internationally, you can call Collect, country code 1-480-398-3352. And now, all the way from Germany, I am thrilled to welcome Jan. Jan, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly, and sorry for, I, I was not able somehow to connect to take the call before on time, but uh, finally it worked, so I'm happy to be on your show. It's really great to hear your voice, my friend, and I appreciate the perseverance. This is when I say technology is great when it works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
I just have to allow one comment to, 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 to the talk before because uh, um, somebody avoiding you or kind of uh, not being able to talk in person because it's exploding, being kind of generating conflict. I had this experience with my daughter when she was in the kind of puberty age. And actually what works very well was WhatsApp. So we, were, we had a really good conversation via WhatsApp, but we kind of avoiding this kind of, uh, um, you know, body language and stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, go to the old uh, good letters, maybe not for each situation, but you can write a letter to somebody or somebody can write a letter to you. It's written, uh, it's, you have to formulate it. I mean, it, 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 of course, you can do the transparency in the team. I think this is also a good idea, but sometimes, you know, you write the letter to the person uh, and the person write back until you are able to meet in person, maybe. Some, I mean, depends on the case, yeah. I love that, and I will let CV know that that is another option for her. So I appreciate that. Uh, so Jan, what's on your mind? What tough conversation uh, or situation can I help you with? Uh, well, I mean, I, uh, I I just recently made this drawing on LinkedIn on on this topic because it's a uh, it's. Uh, you know, we have, a, we have a new CEO who I value very much, and he uh, did a lot of changes. Um, so, um, but I had a feeling that it was kind of like the, the old holy cow that nobody wants to touch or, or uh, talk about it. Um, people were whispering about it. Then it became kind of like official that we could talk bad about the old stuff that we had to get rid of. And then uh, eventually we kind of uh, turned around the company with something new, and he's... Uh, to my understanding, a bit like uh, uh, this new stage is becoming like a new holy cow. Uh, yeah, so you have to be agile, you have to uh, give feedback, you have to connect with everybody, whatsoever, which is fine. But I think that um, uh, that it is uh, not about the switching the holy cows, but kind of, if I may say so, you take the, the hello and you make kind of like a steering ship wheel that you steer to different uh, different uh, stages or changes and you allow conversation and dialogue and you're not saying, you know, people who are criticizing new state are uh, something bad or something doing something bad. So kind of like um, uh, you, you did a change from A to B and B is definitely better, but you could improve it and some people are maybe not ready to accept the B, but you want to keep them uh, how, to, how to balance this kind of uh, uh, something that you want to preserve, you want to, everybody to believe, but at the same time you allow critics and you allow um, actually uh, maybe some, some questioning, you know? Okay, well, I want to make sure I'm tracking with you because it sounds very deep. So share with me, this term is a little new to me, the holy cow. So share it when you say there's a new holy cow. What does that, what does that mean? Well, just to give you an example, maybe not exactly from my company, but you could say, let's say, uh, in insurance, you are selling insurance by agents and intermediaries, and now the new boss decided to sell it directly because he said it is better to, for the margins and whatsoever. So everything should be direct, yeah? And there might be somebody saying, yeah, but well, uh, there would be good to have some uh, advice and maybe some intermediaries who are adding value. And uh, if you consider this kind of the new holy cow, holy cow, they would say, no, we don't, we don't allow any intermediaries, any, any people in between. Uh, we go completely direct, even if it would maybe make sense. So we kind of go from one extreme to another extreme, and then the communication in the company becomes uh, kind of one-sided, 
that uh, that maybe prevents the company to actually combine two worlds or maybe do something better. Yeah? So it's kind of like a limiting the uh, the options after you've decided for the new stage that you basically don't allow to criticize it or to discuss it uh, different options, you know? Yeah, okay, I totally get it. I think that pendulum helped me. So oftentimes we make a shift and we shift too far, too extreme, and we can't seem to find the middle ground so easily. And if you bring up the old way, you might get looked at as you're against change or you're not a team player because you're not a hundred, a thousand percent on this new way. Do I have that right? Correct, yeah, correct. Okay. Okay, so I love this because, and when we think about change theory, and I'll mention Meg Wheatley has some really great information on change. Um, a big part of change is why new information and helping people understand the new information and then why the change is better for the whole and helping people be involved with it um, and just establishing the process and having people chime in, which may not mean you don't make the change, but there's a sense of enabling people to feel like they're part of making this new thing better. So that's ideally a leader would say, this is new information. And just to use your example, we used to go with these representatives. The direct way enables this. And that's why we're going to go there. And then open the floor for some dialogue, right? That's, that would be ideal because people would say, well, wait a second. Aren't we throwing the baby out with the bathwater? What about this? Is there a way that we could preserve A from the old while we bring in B from the new and get a better combination in the middle? So that's what we would love leaders to do. And I think leaders would obviously want that, but don't often realize that they haven't created the space for that. So as someone watching this happen, like you're very, you know, you're seeing it, like the movie is very clear to you, it's happening. Um, To my point of the previous caller with transparency, it might be a way to say, wow, I love the fact, so positive, that we are leaning into new ways, better ways to be working. So you're, here you are just fully on board with it. I'm wondering, though, if perhaps we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater or missing some opportunities to take some of the winning parts of how we used to work so that we're even stronger. So you're not telling people, right? But you're saying, I'm wondering if there's an opportunity and you're creating transparency. Yeah. Like I see, I see an opportunity to be even better as opposed to I see that we're the kind of getting worse. And, and it, I, I'm not trying to play around with words, but people want to be winning and better. And so if you can create that picture versus, oh, there's Jan pointing out what we're not doing and how we're bad. And I know that's not how you would come across, but that can be where people go or that can be a worry. So let me just pause there. How's that landing for you? No, it's very absolutely sense. I mean, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I have a super relationship to my boss and we, we, we I think, complement each other very well. But uh, um, sometimes uh, I think like, uh, you know, if you want to change the company, uh, you can exchange all the people, but ideally you, you, you keep them uh, and allow them to change. Yeah? And that brings me a bit to my, uh, once we talk about the gate, you know, the movie that I, that I shared with you, that uh, uh, actually the... the this uh, fraction of second where you're passing the gate, entering the company, uh, 
makes you sometimes a different person. It can be you, you can feel like slave, you can be feel like dictator, you can be blind or robot, whatever. So you are a different person outside of the company and different inside of the company because of the gate, which is like the culture of the company, the the, the way the company works and, and uh, what they allow to tell and whatsoever, uh, makes you be this person. So I think if you manage to do the change. Um, uh, the, probably the, 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 the first place you will see is at the gate when somebody is approaching the company smiling like the, uh, um, uh, um, um, the lady before that they say, okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to my work and after passing the gate, you still smiling, even more smiling. That, that, that is for me the, the trick, yeah? Uh, that means you are, uh, uh, you are part of the game, you are bringing the whole person into the company and you are sharing the thing critical or whatsoever, uh, and you are co-shaping the future of the company. Uh, whereas in the worst case, you have a gate where you basically say, now before I would go 100% of me would pass the gate, now I have to leave 20% because I like agents or whatever, to, to stick to this example, and now it's not allowed to even talk about it. Uh, so I like the, <clears throat> what you said, that I, that I, I will be allowed to kind of integrate my maybe the old world or ideas in a new one and eventually maybe even get rid of it. But this gate is inviting me to enter and not uh, making me scared of going in there because uh, now I have to leave some parts of me or my mind or ideas outside. Yes, I love this metaphor of the gate and I will share when I post the show um, the YouTube movie because it's very powerful to see. And I'm wondering for you Personally, Jan, when you um, past jobs, current jobs, do you feel that you're 100% your whole self when you go through that gate? Do you feel 90? And then what do you see around you? I mean, and, and I really just ask this very uh, with a lot of curiosity because my dream is for people to just 100%, you know, you can be who you are. You know, we may not always agree with you, but we're still going to love you. And, and, that, I think, would really be a great uh, uplift to workplaces if people felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, uh, I mean, I, I, am, I like my job. Yeah. So I, uh, I like passing the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Even now we have lots of home office. I, I prefer to go to the office because it's a place I like. Yeah. I can, I can, um, I can generate value. I, I just like it, yeah. And uh, most people do. But I, I, I know some people. I know actually some people. Sadly enough, that uh, not in my company, but some other companies that uh, suffer the burnouts. You know, and uh, and I told it. You know, like you are going to the company. You, you to use this picture. You leave half of you in front of the gate, somewhere in the bushes. And when you leave the company, you pick it up. And one day, uh, it's not there anymore. So you come home and your family is like surprised. You are kind of like a different person, not a complete person, whatever. And then you burn out, yeah? And I think that uh, uh, the leader should watch the gate, see what happens with the people when they pass it, what, what, what happens when they go out. I mean, uh, you are leaving lots of talents who are starting startups. Why? I mean, you could keep them in if they're allowed to bring it into the gate, yeah? Uh, so, which we're trying to do. But I think that uh, um, in extreme cases, you have to decide that you don't pass this gate. You go somewhere else because maybe, you know, you, you have only a certain amount of life and you have this time window to do something and uh, you might want to change, go to a different gate and, 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 and be more happy person. 
Um, at the same time, because it's you know the topic is skillfully say skillfully, which I would like very much. I think that the leadership is a teamwork. I mean, you the followers are not just a passive passive asset or master just following the leader, but I think the leaders can sometimes read you, sometimes not. So you have to talk to them. You have to help them saying you know, how you feel, what you feel, and a good leader will listen to it and, uh, and uh, you know, you cannot walk the talk if they don't talk. Yeah? So, so you, 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 you have to talk. Um, of course, it generates misunderstanding as they're talking, but then you keep talking. Yeah? But I think we also need to help them uh, to voice it, to tell them, and uh, eventually you decide to, if you stay or not, if the, if the person doesn't listen to it, anyway, not the leader, yeah? But uh, um, I think that uh, most of the people I see suffering, uh, and they bring it to home, you know, they kick the dog, they touch it with a neighbor, whatsoever. Lots of it is generated in work because they only half of them or the fraction of them passes through the gate. And there's so much tension, and eventually they don't, they cannot manage. And they you know, live in two different worlds. And I think that generates lots of, lots of conflict, and unfortunately also lots of sad outcomes, you know, for both for the company, for the family, for the person itself. So I think talking to parents, it's, 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 it's really something that is not an option, you know, but we have to do it. Yeah, so three things. I love how you pointed out for folks that you, um, you, you need to make a choice. Right? And it really does come down to a personal choice. And other people could tell you or not tell you, but at some level you have to look in the mirror and think about your situation and make the choice. Uh, and I think the second thing about, you know, the, we have to help the leaders, right? Leaders are, are people too. No, none of us are perfect. And, you know, if you see something that's going on that you don't think serves the organization, doesn't serve the people, doesn't serve the leader... You know, any one of us is not really doing our job if we're not finding a way to speak up, which is the whole, you know, essence of this show. And um, there, there really is a, you know, I, 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 I just feel for the words you say, there's a lot of people I feel that they go to work and they're just, it's not a joyous kind of experience. And I'm, say, I'm not saying this in, in a, you know, cheeky kind of way like it's a uh, uh, you know, roller coaster ride amusement park going to work but you know it really can be a very meaningful experience to contribute and I, I just want folks to know you know you can create that for yourself it absolutely is possible and it starts within with the attitude and I love your attitude of just putting it out there and being so open Jan it just you know when we had our first chat I could just tell you're just a sponge sucking it in so it's really it's really a great tribute to you. Um, I have a question because you mentioned you have a great relationship with your boss, and I think that's the number one thing, by the way, when folks um, stay at jobs or leave jobs, that boss relationship uh, oftentimes is really at the core. Um, when you have something with your boss that you're not sure they want to hear, whatever, I'm just wondering what, if anything holds you back from that um, being as open as you would like with your boss? Um, I, the only thing would be that if I could kind of hurt him by saying something, but it's more about the how you say it rather than what you say. So I think I feel like uh, somehow obliged to be honest because relationship is made words and actions and, and, and stuff. So uh, it took, I mean, we know each other for a long time, so we build it up, 
I mean, it, it wasn't uh, uh, just like, you know, happened overnight. So it's a, it's a hard work, like every relationship, yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's also very, uh, very fragile because it's, it's kind of like you would add the words or statements or whatever, not on top of this building of relationship, but like you would lift slightly and put it underneath. So you kind of lift it. So, so if you put the wrong word underneath, one wrong, wrong word, it could kind of collapse. You know, you lose trust, whatever, it, it might happen. So you have to be very conscious about what you're saying, how you're saying. But I think uh, a good relationship uh, um, uh, requires and, and, uh, uh, being honest, you know, and being frank. And, and, uh, and, uh, but you have to put it in a way that is uh, respectful and, and, uh, and, and not misunderstood. So um, I... Because we know each other very well, we don't use many words, <laughs> but uh, but uh, and we don't talk very often. But uh, then the, 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 the few words that you use, let's say the return on words, it's extremely high, yeah, because there's no no noise around it. Uh, so you go very direct, uh, and uh, if you're used to it, then then the other person knows. Okay, this is something important because if he's coming every day and complaining about something, then it's kind of inflate, dilutes the, the whole message. Uh, that's why I don't prefer talking a lot and many times, but uh, use the right timing, use the right words and the tone, use the pulse, uh, like in the music, and, uh, and be consequent. Okay, I want your response. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, I think this is, uh, uh, maybe this is different in different relationships, but in ours, it's, uh, it's uh, basically, very limited to few interactions, few words, but uh, by we try to use them wisely and we value every word because they are only few. Um, and I'm very, very direct. Maybe it's kind of a German, European way. You're a bit more direct, uh, um, which is sometimes helpful. Uh, but um, uh, I consider the relationship is like my my job is to develop myself, but also to develop my boss and to develop both of us. So it's, it's kind of like a responsibility, like being a parent. Uh, you know, you, uh, uh, yeah, it's a teamwork and, and you have a certain responsibility that you, that you have to take, yeah? And, and then you can also enjoy the rewards, yeah? Because it's part of your job, yeah? That's brilliant. That's so brilliant. Acknowledging the, when you were speaking, the timing, the words, the tone, the use of the pause, requesting the response, very proactive. I love that. And then this is a gem that you view your job as not only developing yourself, but also developing your boss and the two of you together. And that is so fundamental to all relationships, work and personal. And so, you know, you've obviously both invested in this. I can't imagine it was perfect all the time. Can you talk about, because I want to normalize for folks. Sometimes we say the wrong things. You know, I did this recently. And so, you know, going back owning it, the mistakes, if you will, the, the words that aren't right can make us stronger. And, uh, but it's not often easy to, to own up to that and do it. Can you go back to a time when mm-hmm. either one of you may have misstepped and caused an issue, but at, as a result, you know, you got through it? Because I think that would really help people. I don't want people to feel like you have yeah. to be perfect. It's not about being perfect, yeah? Because relationships, yeah. they are fragile. You yeah, know? No, not at all. I mean, uh, I think... Uh, 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 I have a saying that the failure is the unfinished success, yeah? So, uh, 
success is made out of lots of failures, yeah? And just the combination at the end, like, wow, yeah? but there's lots of failures that you need for success, yeah? So I think this for relationship as well. I mean, if, it's, if you have a Sunday relationship on a sunny days, uh, that will not hold. So you need everything. You need rain, you need dirt, and you need uh, cold or whatever, so that makes it more robust. So we had all kind of moments. So I, I remember once we had a different company and uh, uh, he was in a, a CEO in the country and we were trying to build up a short service center for 10 countries uh, and one of those, uh, he was the CEO. And of course the CEOs were rather against it because there was much transparency, too much transparency, more control from the headquarters, but it was more than everything center, you would have more efficiency and speed and whatsoever. So he was against it, like many others, uh, and that was a bit of my idea, and we actually implemented it, and he didn't like it. He never liked it, yeah? Um, and uh, when he hired me to the new company, he said, okay, uh, I would like to have you, but please don't do it in the church center, yeah? But uh, what we did, and I think this is something important also for a relationship, he understood that in my position, um, and uh, it was in my interest, in the interest of the company, I was doing this job, yeah? Uh, it was expected from me, and I, I, I believed in this Shetsuri Center. In his position, um, with different interests, uh, I also understand, I understood him. I didn't want him to just follow me, but it's okay, I understand your position, because you had to defend this part, this interest, yeah? Uh, that's why w whenever, whenever we have a situation where I don't agree with his decision or what he's suggesting, uh, I'm always trying to say, uh, to understand, okay, what makes you decide this? Is there something that I don't know and I don't need to know? Just tell me there's something you don't know and you cannot know, but uh, this makes me decide this or maybe I had a longer time horizon, uh, so I have this move to get eventually to, 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 the, to, the, to the end point, but uh, I cannot use the shortcut that you would like. So I think this is something that uh, helps us a lot. You know, if you, I trust that he wants the best in the long term. In the short term, we might have different rules, different paths to choose, but because of the, his navigation, has more information than my navigation, that's why it's suggesting different rules. So, and I don't need to know it unless he wants to share. But I trust him that his information is valid enough to take the different route, and I just kept it, and the other way around as well, yeah? So, uh, of course, it has more the other way around for him, but, but uh, um, uh, so this, I think this is important to understand the other person's interest, reasons that you don't need to know, but you might just trust, you know? Yeah, I love this because this is what happens. And I've, I've talked to folks where uh, a certain group of people does have more information and it's not information other people should know, right? It's a need to know situation, right? And so lots of times what happens instead is silence. So they don't share anything. And that leaves people to make it up on their own why they think, okay, so now you could be going out, well, it could be this, it could be that, rather than saying, look, yeah. at, you know, th this is what I can share. There are some things that we just can't share. Because of this extra information, what you're saying does make sense, but it doesn't make sense because of this other stuff that we can't tell you. And just being open and honest. And by the way, people in, in an organization realize that, Everything can't be shared with everyone, okay? That's not, that is an understandable situation. And I love how you are so mature 
not to take it personally, not to take it personally, and to recognize that, you know, organizationally, there's some things that, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, you don't need to know, and that's okay. And so then you can let that go. And because of the trust exactly. that you built, right? That's really, really genius. So Jan has, how has your, your, you seem so, you know, you seem like you very intuitive, you observe very well at work. Would you say that you've translated that at home? Are you even more skillful at work? Is it harder for you to be skillful at work or is it harder for you to be skillful at home? I, I, you know, I, uh, uh, for me, for me, uh, there's no home or, or work or, or whatever. So for me, it's like uh, uh, I I uh, I would like to I would like to be myself wherever I am. Yeah. So sometimes uh, people are surprised that you are like that, that you say that, whatsoever. But I I feel like uh, um, this artificial divide, like work and life and. Uh, and personal and private and whatever. Of course, you have to, but it's, it, the overlap uh, uh, should be, I think, very big because otherwise you live in two different worlds. You're kind of schizophrenic. Uh, you you have to have really, you know, my grandfather said, you know, uh, people who lie need a really good memory. People who don't lie don't need to, yeah? So I don't get I, I I just prefer to, to be honest, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, some people say, okay, this is too honest, too direct, whatever, but then maybe uh, I should not stay with them. So uh, so I, I, I think that uh, if you, this is my, my definition of, let's say, kind of happiness or satisfaction, if you, if you can be the same person at home, the same person in a bar, the same person at work, um, or talking to the first time with the, with the partners, uh, um, uh, then I think uh, uh, this is very this is very nice for you. This is nice for the others because you are. What does it mean? You you are happy. You don't have to change. Yeah, you don't have to change the clothes, change your mind, change what you're talking. Yeah, so you save lots of energy. Yeah, uh, you are more predictable for the others because so Jan is always like that. You know, I don't have to. You know, so I, I know that I invite Jan, it will be like that, yeah? Uh, so, um, uh, so that's my boss asked me in the meeting, Jan, can you tell us a joke? Can you tell us something to laugh, you know? Because he knows I can do it, yeah? And the others know I can do it. So it's less energy, you are more predictable in a positive way, and you are becoming like a stable a hold, like a, something that people can lean on because you are not kind of shaking and, and, and falling down and so, so I think this is uh, this is something that everybody has to find out for for herself for himself. But I think ideally you are the same person. Of course, you you talk a bit differently, whatever. But even at work, I try to talk like a normal person. You know, like my mother would understand. Uh, even in insurance, you can do lots of abbreviation and you can really impress somebody by uh, talking stuff that nobody understands. But it's, uh, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, so, um, um, and I, and I also say like, and I believe this is true that uh, a good leader is produced uh, at the age of three years old, because what you need to do, you have to know that you say, thank you. You have to know that you say, please, and you don't steal the toys in the sandbox from other kids or whatever. You hit them. I mean, this is already 50, 60% of leadership. Yeah. Uh, you don't need much more. Uh, and I think things are much simpler than you think. Uh, I believe, you know. 
You are, you're so wise and your organization is so fortunate for you and your story about talking like my mother would understand. And I have to tell you, I was once reviewing some slides that I had done at work and my mother looked at me and she's like, what is this? And, and, you know, when you're in these organizations, folks, look at your slides. And when you look at them, you're like, this isn't communicating anything. These aren't sentences. These words don't mean anything. And I, I was so grateful to my mother to be like, what are you talking about? Like, this does not make any sense. And it's so true. We get in these spheres of throwing big words around on slides that don't mean anything. Um, right. My friend, you are such a delight. And I appreciate all that you have shared and want to encourage listeners to really take to heart that, you know, Jan's message here of just being who you really are and, and picking people around you that enable you to, to blossom and to flourish. Um, Jan, to close, do you have a top takeaway that comes to mind for you from all of our conversation? Uh, first of all, I'm really happy that I, I could share it. I hope uh, people will, uh, will use it and like it. Uh, um, I think I think we overestimate uh, how different we are across countries, across hierarchies, across industries. We completely overrated the difference. I think we are, we have so much in common uh, of being a private person, being a father, being a son, being a, a PhD, being a CEO. And I think uh, if we take away this fear and this noise, then we we see like you know the real people who just want to be happy, be loved, to have success, whatever, and things become easier. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. You know, like peel off this onion uh, of this all this stuff that somebody put on it, and we are all the same. You know. Uh, that's great. We're really that's better than thing. Yeah. It's great. You're amazing. I virtual hug to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate all you said. We'll be in touch. And I appreciate you being part of the solution. You take good care. Oh, what a bright light. Okay. My thought for the week, and I'm sharing a huge learning when I was at Cisco. Uh, John Chambers was talking something about the team and it went something like, if it's getting tough, don't go down alone. Get help. If we lose, we lose together. Just like when we win, we win together. Uh, for sure. We're all encountering some tough times. Most of all, keep the faith. And that's a wrap. My thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share the show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 